0: This is the Punk and Piledrivers Podcast with your host, Big Bad Boris. Welcome, my children, my perfect and holy children, to another episode of the Punk and Piledrivers Podcast on the Love Wrestling Podcast Network. My name is Big Bad Boris, and I'm joined by some members of the family. That was supposed to be my like Italian mobster accent. So members of the Love Wrestling family, the co-hosts of the fabulous Between Two Beard shows, Plugo and JPJ are my guests this week. Gentlemen, how the hell are you?
1: I'm good. I'm good. I'm happy to be here. We've been trying to plan this for the last few weeks, so uh, glad we could be here. Uh, and I'm excited. I'm excited.
2: Plugo, what's yeah. going on? Yeah, big same to what JPJ said. This was an easy easy decision for us to be a part of this so before we kind of get down to our
0: little current events chat that we're going to do uh for the folks maybe who are local here in edmonton or what have you that are not familiar with you guys tell me a bit about you guys and what you do
1: oh all right i'll go first uh, so <laughs> i we do a show called between two beards that airs every thursday night at 8 p.m here on love wrestling um And then I do a bunch of other stuff. I I have a show that releases on Thursday mornings with uh, Josh Robinson over uh, from Australia called the J&J Power Hour. Um, I do a little bit of Twitch streaming myself at JPJ Loves Gaming and stuff like that. I mean, more importantly, I'm just like, you know, I'm just a huge wrestling fan, huge sports fan, huge video game fan. So I just like, you know, kind of talking and shooting the S with uh, my friends and stuff. So I'm pretty, a pretty simple man, you know? You could curse on here. It's okay. And I can't. All right. Well, I just like talk. You know, we just got told a shit, little bit ago. We
2: Yeah.
1: No, we got yelled at. We were we were doing beards uh, before we, we hopped on to do this with you. And uh, Spencer was in the chat and he yelled at plug over swearing. So. Oh, really? Oh, well, well, yeah.
2: well, well. Fuck! I don't do <laughs> as, nearly as much as JPJ does. But yes, like he said, we do the show between two beards. I love wrestling. I, I pop into as many love wrestling shows as I can, whether it be blown off stream, yada, yada. I just, you know, I just hang out, love talking wrestling. So that's what I do.
1: And you guys are American, correct? Oh,
0: we
2: this are. Correct. I, am from,
1: I am from the Northeast, New England area, Massachusetts. Say chowder. Yes. <laughs>
0: I, I am.
2: I'm a Midwestern boy myself from uh, Indiana or near um, Chicago notre dame areas so yeah we are from america we're just two guys that uh one day decided we, we shot a message to each other and said, Hey, you got any ideas? What are you thinking to do? And then the rest is history. And our stars have kind of been aligned together ever since then. It's been a wild ride this past what year and a half now.
1: Yeah. Tonight was episode seventy, 70 official the oh, wow. between two beards. So yeah, yeah pretty good. Pretty good right. run. And if so you far. but
2: if you put the, the countless other things that him and I have done together, we're we're getting close to a hundred episodes of just random things that we yep. have done. So yep. it's been Why an enough? interesting
1: ride. It's been cool. It's been cool.
0: All right. So last night, of course, there was a big episode of AEW Dynamite. I wasn't able to watch it live last night due to Harry Potter trivia, which we lost handsomely at. Um, so I crammed <laughs> it in when I got off of, uh, off of work this morning because everybody was talking about what was going down. It was a very interesting show. There's a couple of things that I kind of want to bring up that I noticed. Um, the first hour or at least the first two matches, uh, they really sold out their referees. <laughs> yeah and yeah, i don't the- like it when you sell out your referees i think it's like i understand you have to do it sometimes but yeah. like two matches in a row and like big time spots like that i i'm not a fan of that
1: yeah i i wasn't you know there's usually always some sort of stuff happening in a lot of AEW matches like they have a lot of people outside and outside of interference and stuff but i feel like there hasn't been like a ton of like dirty finishes like that Mm -hmm. you know what i mean and so for them to do two right in a row in big matches nonetheless um yeah i mean it it was a little weird i was hoping hey please don't do this like anymore the rest of the night which they didn't thank god but uh two in a row in big spots like that obviously both title matches uh yeah it was you know after the second one i was like please let that be the end please let that be the end What do we think of Chris Jericho? I guess I
2: oh oh no, I just I guess I didn't really notice the ref spots because they happen so frequently throughout wrestling. It's kind of an easy trope to do that. I'm kind of just numb to it. But yeah, as a as a guy like yourself, Boris, who you know that's what you do. You study the game and watch it from a commentary aspect. You probably are like sitting front row, going, "What the fuck."
0: A little bit, a little bit, yeah. I mean, especially when they pointed out on commentary, it was it was twice in the tag match, and then, the, you know, the one big low blow in the, in the opening match. And I just think sometimes you got to do it, but I think uh, a little goes a long way. What mm-hmm. do we think of Chris Jericho as Ring of Honor champion? I love it. Tell me why. I'm interested.
1: <sighs> well, okay. So Ring of Honor is known for, you know, that that's the wrestling company you know what i mean like that's the you know i know they have a title that's called the pure title but when i think of ring of honor i'm like oh that's pure professional wrestling like that's that's the pure wrestling title and in company and for sports entertainer chris jericho who you know whether whatever you think of him personally or whatever there's no debate that he's one of what the the five one of the five best to ever do this like he's been doing it for 30 years he's been relevant basically the whole time he's reinvented himself time and time and time again and now he gets to reinvent himself maybe one last time or one more time as ring of honor world heavyweight champion i love it i love it i think he he, there's a and you know the story with garcia that they're telling, I think eventually this leads to Daniel Garcia beating Chris Jericho to become the Ring of Honor heavyweight champion. That's where I think this eventually goes. But See, and, and that's the
0: only way that I like it, because I really honestly don't think that he needs that title. But if that's the story we're going to tell, that we're going to use that to put over somebody that's young, that I'm, I'm on board with it. Mm-hmm. But I don't know, just for some reason it doesn't sit right with me and I, I can't quite put my finger on why. Yeah, that's hey, fair. And it's because ahead, it's because
2: it. JPJ's current or not JPJ, you're your JPJ, Jericho's current iteration is the sports entertainer. Yeah. And he's gotten this reputation over the last few years that he's kind of fallen off a little bit. Like I said earlier tonight when we recorded beards, was you know, if this was 30 years ago, Lionheart Chris Jericho's a perfect ring of honor champion. Um I like it because I enjoy, I'm a fan of like the guy that you didn't expect to be there being in the spot. And then kind of like the idea of the sports entertainment click the Yaz like infiltrating ring of honor in a way. I think there's a fun story you could tell there with like pure ring of honor guys versus, you know, Chris Jericho and his crew. So, but ultimately, like you guys both said, if it's a vehicle to get Daniel Garcia further over, I'm a hundred percent behind that because Daniel Garcia is just a phenomenal talent, and he's so young. And Daniel Garcia is put him a, in another stratosphere. Yeah,
1: and Daniel Garcia is what you want the Ring of Honor World Champion to be. Like you want him to be that type of wrestler, that type of performer. Um, and I think Jericho is everything that Ring of Honor doesn't want. I
3: think they're one champion,
1: of- So I think like you feeling uneasy about it, I think there's a lot of people that will feel that way about it. And I think that's kind of the point, you know what I mean? To an yeah. extent,
0: I think one of the ways that this can really work is if they can somehow get some ROH shows going and get him in front of like a small ROH crowd. Oh, yeah, it kind of would be maybe not, maybe not quite to the extent of the heat, but maybe if you remember the, the, the second one night stand with John Cena, kind of that sort of a feeling. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I would love it. That ROH
2: crowd would be solely behind whoever would be challenging Jericho, whether it be a Garcia or somebody else. But yeah, that and then ultimately, like if you're going TV deal and that's what you're looking for, you've got the face and could you imagine you'll sell out those smaller ROH venues with Chris Jericho as champion, because who doesn't want to be there to see him lose?
1: Yeah. And Jericho is the, definitely the type of guy that if you're trying to get that TV deal, there will be TV executives, maybe at a smaller company. That'll say, Oh, Chris Jericho, I've heard of him. I've heard of him. He's your champion. Okay. I'll, I'll listen. Pitch me your idea. Like, I think Jericho is the type of guy that if you're going, you know, he was essential to AEW. He needed to be their first world champion too because he was the guy that gave them the credibility to be on TNT. Because they it, needed a guy like that. Yeah, the Bucks, Cody, those guys definitely mattered. Kenny, that all mattered. And Khan being the money guy, that all mattered. But, like, they needed Jericho. And I think if you're trying to get a TV deal for Ring of Honor, you need somebody like Jericho for somebody to buy in and want to show your program.
2: Plus, AEW success and their failures to an extent are being looked at by these TV execs. So like Dynamite has been successful through cable. It's always at the top, number one, number two, whatever. But Dynamite, I'm sorry, Rampage has been hard to get the number and i think if you're a tv exec you're saying well i don't want the the c squad if i'm going to pay you all this money you need to show me that you're willing to give me the star power of these other two shows to make it worth our dime so starting off strong with jericho and there's a great story you could tell out of the gate and he's the one man that can tell that story right like he can make anything work so he'll make this work tenfold if you want him to I wonder if there's any kind of
0: update on any kind of TV situation for ROH or any kind of streaming deal. There's been little uh, bits and pieces of info Tony Khan has dropped, but nothing really for us to go on. Do you think it's too early for for Castagnoli to take such a big loss?
1: No, because the way it happened, it, he had to Jericho had to cheat and give him the low blow to kind of to win. I think it sets up the perfect rematch. Um, I, 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 in this scenario, the way the match happened and with it being Jericho, I don't, I don't think it's that bad. If he goes on a string of losses or like the next time he has a big match, it doesn't work out. Like then maybe I might think otherwise, but I think in this scenario, I was fine with it. It didn't make me think less of him.
0: And it's like you guys were talking at the end of your your show, you guys just had like talking about uh, Brian Danielson. I mean, he's been taking a lot of losses, but he's pretty much a made guy. I don't know if, if yeah. Cassinelli is quite as made as that, but I don't know if it's necessarily going to hurt all that much. But uh, the, the the BCC uh, taking some losses, losing yeah. some titles. Yeah, I was just going to say. It's but I mean, now. In, in professional wrestling, I mean, that's just it though. Somebody has to win and somebody has to lose. And that's where your creative booking kind of comes in. Yep, 100%. Hundred percent. Now uh, we're going to talk about CM Punk in a second, just because it's it's still the topic of the topic du jour. But before we do that, this of course is a music podcast as well as a professional wrestling podcast. I have my my guests uh, pick songs to play during the the broadcast because I, I like music and I like to, to to listen to music and hear and talk about music and all that kind of stuff. So I had you guys each pick a song and plug oh, your song is going to go last because you picked a band that I don't like. But anyway. Ah, uh, uh, JPJ, <laughs> you, I don't you know put a lot about. of pressure on me, man. Well, you know, I'm kind of that way. Uh, uh uh JPJ, you picked a song by Turnstile, which is a band that I'm a big fan of. The track is, let me uh, <laughs> Holiday. Uh mm. tell me uh why you picked this song?
1: Uh yeah, so they released a new album last year. Uh and I thought I thought for me it was the best album that was released last year. Uh this is a band that I've gotten into. Over the last like five or six years, I saw them live uh, before I got into them. They were supporting another band, The Story So Far, who I like a lot. Um, And they were incredible. Their stage presence was phenomenal. And they they reminded me of a blend of multiple artists. I have like, when I listen to them, I think of like old school Beastie Boys a little bit. I think of like Rage Against the Machine. I think of like that just young, aggressive music. Kind of. I just get in that vibe mentally when I listen to them. And I I love them. I love them. I think the album they released last year, it's called Glow On that this Mm -hmm. is from. It's a little bit more mellow for them. It's still fast. This song's a faster one, um, but it's more mellow and more mature. So I I think they're one of the best bands in the world. I love them.
0: I think what's really cool about Turnstile is as you listen to the record, you hear the first song and you're like, okay, that's the kind of band these guys are. And then the second yeah. track comes on and they change it up a little bit and you're like, okay,
1: this is the kind of band these guys are. And by the time the album's done, you're like, well, there are all kinds of bands. they are all kinds of stuff. Yeah, but it's just like alternative-y, punk-y. It reminds me of like skater, surfer hardcore punk at times but then it's mellow and vibey it just they're they're just amazing Amazing. right on all right so the track is holy the band is turnstile on the punk and
0: proud drivers podcast style the JPJ pick on the Punk and Proud podcast. My name is Big Bad Boris, joined by Pluggo and JPJ from Between Two Beards. Let's talk about CM Punk. Uh, well, Pluggo was having technical difficulties uh, before we went on the air here. Uh, JPJ, you and I are talking about it. And what a crazy year. It went yeah. from just all of this excitement. And, and, and I mean, that return was, was something that I think, regardless of what happens going on in the future, uh, that return is, is is one of those pieces of video and wrestling that will will be looked upon fondly and watched over and over and over again yeah. but i mean it went sour in a hurry and is this just a dude that can't stay out of his own way or what's going on here
1: uh Plug-o, you want to hit this one first i'll let you hit this yeah,
2: one yeah like cuz i'm i'm the cm punk guy the stan um, <laughs> i used to be i did i was. i, 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 st- I yeah, am I, he's yeah. he's the reason I'm in the position I am now in terms of like my wrestling career in terms of podcasting and stuff because like he he came along at a time that I was you know looking to really dive into something and it's like I gotta see this dude every week. Like I said it multiple times. I got a little teary-eyed when he came and debuted at the United Center, and it was all handshakes and sunshine, and he's gonna put everybody over and he's gonna be the guy that, you know, that he wasn't in WWE and yada, yada, yada. And then it just went south. And now do I think 100% of this is solely on him? No, I think that maybe the Bucks and Omega, there's still, there's all those rumors too of how they kind of run shop. But the problem was is that CM Punk just can't, keep his mouth he can't keep his mouth shut i mean there's no other way to put it and what he did do in that media scrum was 1000 the most unprofessional way to go about it because Mm -hmm. you just scorched the earth of your entire company you made everybody look like a joke and that was his intention and he did it and he was successful um there's the news coming out that he won't be coming back and i said it you know on beards this week like I hate to say it, but good riddance because I think AEW will be ultimately fine. I think they'll be better off without them. The programming since the media scrum has been far better in my opinion. And it just Tony shot a shot that anybody would have taken, would have taken the shot to get CM Punk. And it just didn't work out. And you take that loss and you move on and you just, you know what? We don't even worry about it anymore. And watching these episodes of television, like you were saying, since
0: he's been gone, there hasn't been a moment where I'm watching TV going, Oh there's a hole in this show that needs CM Punk.
1: Yeah, yeah, and exactly. I, yeah. And I think that's look at they look at like you said Boris, that moment of his return is that is going to be in wrestling lore for the rest of time. That that moment him walking out, that reception, how we all felt as wrestling fans in that moment whether you were a, a fan of punk, you never liked punk, you, maybe you were a you know, an ex-fan whatever, in that moment when he walked out, all of us were like, "Holy shit, holy shit!" You know, and that moment's never gonna go away. It's never gonna leave. And that moment's an all-time moment. But the way everything went down, like, and again, like, CM Punk doesn't give a shit about me. He doesn't even know I exist. So I, you know, it is what but it he'll is. He'll
2: block like, you on Twitter, real
1: he quick. Might. <laughs> he might. He might. He might. <laughs> but like, I'm angry at CM Punk. Like, you? You know, like that is disappointing. It's disappointing. And it's like, Hey man, I I didn't expect you were going to be back for another five or six years or anything, but like the way it went down, it was like, you couldn't have handled that better. Like, even if you were unhappy, like be professional. I just, that whole scrum, not even the fight afterwards, just the scrum itself really left a bad taste in my mouth. And it made me be like, what the hell? Like I said it on B I was like, what the hell bro? Like literally like, that's how I feel about it. Like bro. Yeah, like the, what, what the hell? The fight the afterwards,
0: hell? you know, I none of us were there. We only know hearsay of what everyone's saying. But I mean that that media scrum was right out on Front Street. And I I almost like it was almost like I was I was laughing out of just shock.
2: Like yeah, right it was next, shocking.
0: right next to Tony Khan. And I'm like, D- he is just shredding everything. Like yeah. control
2: your talent dude <laughs> well he were left he left wwe and he was like kind of sick of the grind and all of the politics and yada 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 and he gets back into a new wrestling company and maybe the grind of being that world's champion it was too much i mean he only held it for five total days if you think about it with all the injuries but it could have been a combination of a lot of things but yeah tony khan is especially like I, we, I mean, I'm not the first person to say this, but you know, if that was a Vince McMahon or a triple H sitting right next to him, like that shit would have been shut down. Like we're not doing oh, this. He wouldn't, have, he wouldn't have said it. I would be like convert even when he started then like, all right, scrums over. And then you take him out, you take him to the back, you talk to him, you say, Hey, what was that about? You know, play ball. Cause it just makes your whole company look silly. And I think, and I think we've seen it and I've already touched on it. was the the, the three episode since I think Tony has realized, okay, I've got to rein this in. Because this is all my money in the pot. And I took a shot with CM Punk. CM Punk did what CM Punk does. Scorched the earth, blew the shit up. And now I have to figure it out and recover. And I think he's doing a good job so far. I've So far, I have no issues.
0: And you talked about the grind. There's no grind right now. There's no house show loop. I mean, there's TV right. once a week, maybe twice if, it's, if they're not taping Rampage. He's not doing Dark or Dark Elevation or After Dark or whatever the fuck that's right. called. So I don't know. <laughs> uh it's it's interesting well, maybe
2: at 47 years old after being injured and all this fun stuff maybe it did get too much because like in that moment i mean like, that's you fair could, i don't know what his body
3: feels he, like that's he, a good point
2: right he tore he tore his bicep or triceps in the match and he's coming out he's got to do this scrum, and this was something that like wwe doesn't do like you and i i hate to give the man credit but i saw a quote or a clip somewhere where jim Cornette said like this show started at seven o'clock. The talent probably got there around two. Mm-hmm. This media scrum starts at after like almost 1 a.m. <laughs> like they're tired, they're irritable. And then you put them out in front of a bunch He's of got people. A face. He's got a face full of dry blood. Yeah, He has a He's torn tricep. Bloody. I know that there's a, He's old. I know that he needs to be professional in that moment. Yes. You're paid to be professional. I'm not excusing him, but I would be a little irritable too at that point but i don't know i don't it, know i'm just it left a taste in my mouth as a cm punk guy and ultimately at the end of the day i i don't need to see him wrestle again like i got what i needed
0: see him in a wrestling ring ever again to have a professional wrestling match
2: if i'm a betting man yes because there's okay. so much money in the business that i've somebody wanted to do like the wwe if they just said hey we'll bring you in for three three appearances for a wrestlemania moment against whatever for 20 million dollars you know what i'm saying like you never say no when this i mean rick flair's still wrestling (laughs) um
1: right now i would say i'm leaning no um If you're, if you're, and again, I know money is king, so yeah, you would work with CM Punk, but I just feel like the way this went down, I don't think he's a money is king guy though,
0: because if he was a money is king guy, then he might have gone. I mean, I don't know if WWE was looking to have him back, but no, yeah. So you've seen seen Vince work with all kinds of people that he you didn't think he would ever see him work for again. So it's true,
1: but I feel like with the way that he kind of burned those bridges with Triple H personally and the things he said about Triple H and Steph. And the way he acted on his way out there. And now you see the way that he acted on his way out here. Like, yes, you can still make a lot of money with him. So I wouldn't be shocked if WWE sent out a feeler, but I'm saying like, is he at the point where maybe like this was like everyone looking like, all right, maybe we're done with him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But if you're, you know yeah, what I mean? If
2: you're a company, do you want to bring him in? Is it,
1: That's the, what I'm saying. Like at what point value. are you just like, going to believe that, that this tweet. is what he's going to do? Hey, we might get, Two or three big pay-per-views out of it, but when he leaves, he's gonna leave like this. Yeah. Like he's but, not gonna yeah. be quiet. It's gonna be this type of friggin' circus type thing. That's
2: why I say if that's why I think like if he does come back, it'll be ultimately at the end of the day, it'll be a short, like a per appearance type deal. I don't think you'll sign him to a long Term contract. A good time, not a long time. Right, exactly. Get in, get out. We'll make our money. We'll all leave happy. You don't have to do anything other than come in, wrestle one match, maybe make a couple promo appearances and call it a day. Yeah. Yes or no?
0: Sorry. Yes or no? Do we see him in the Hall of Fame? The AEW Hall of Fame? No, no, no. The WWE Hall of
1: Fame. Oh, shoot. I would Um, say down the line, yes. Not for a while, though, but yes
2: if I'm a yes, just based on how many people they've put in that you never thought was going to happen. True. Very true. All right. Uh, we are already crunched for time due to technical
0: difficulties, but we're going to keep pressing on here. Uh, I forgot to mention the debut that we saw on uh, dynamite this week, mm-hmm. uh, uh Paige, Soraya or is it Soraya? I can't remember. um, they're certainly making it seem like she's going to wrestle. Yes. Um, does this concern anyone? I, I, you know, I get concerned when I see staying in the ring after what happened with Rollins. I'm sure you know everything's fine, and they have doctors and things. But they, I think they have different uh, uh, style of doctors clearing you because they're not a publicly traded company like WWE is. Are we at all concerned about her physical well being?
1: Um, I'm, I'm of the belief that. You know, I was told, and again, everyone's different, but we were told that Edge was never going to wrestle again. Fair. We were told that Daniel Bryan, Bryan Danielson was never going to wrestle again. So I feel like with technology and the way things work, this is more common now that people can have this type of injury, but do the right surgery, get the right time, get the right recovery and be okay. I'm always going to, every time I see Brian Danielson Russell, I'm always like, Oh God, with some of the bumps he takes, you know? And mm-hmm. I feel like I'll be the same way with Soraya as well uh, at first, but I, I have a feeling that she wouldn't be doing this unless she 100% knew like I'm physically okay to do this. And she could really be the shot in the arm of that woman's division. hundred A lot of people it's, are talking you know, about. So it's more, it's more than just her, like the booking and the direction of it needs to change. But mm-hmm. if we're talking strictly talent wise, she is a game, she has the potential to be a game changer. She's a a really big name, a really, really big get for them. And this is the moment where they need to capitalize and they need to prove to AEW fans that they do care about their women's division because it's been clear from the get-go that it's it's secondary. And an
0: afterthought so, almost, yeah. yeah. Yes. The thing that blows me away about Paige two is people don't maybe realize exactly how young she is. Cause she yeah, started, she's started. Yeah. She's Sorry. barely 30. She's 30 years old. Yep. And Super just young. because she started so young and, and has been around for so long. So, I mean, if she can stay healthy, the upside to being around for a while
2: is huge. Oh yeah, definitely. hundred percent game changer. And to the injury point, yeah if she's if she's good to go i mean we all still kind of wince when daniel bryan takes a nasty bump or if ed takes a nasty bump so that's going to be there but ultimately and i think right now given everything that's also going i don't think tony khan would sign her if he had any questions or risks Uh like it's not worth it it's not worth to put it out there and then have that black mark on your record as well i'm excited she's back i mean like i Like when I'm sitting there, you know, if you know, it's a big deal when you can come out and have the crowd in the palm of your hand and you didn't say a word. Yeah, that was a nice pop. You know what I mean? Nice pop. You know, Britt Baker staring her down. That looks like a great money feud. And I think that that's a perfect feud for her to start with. So you can have two main women's storylines going on a major program like dynamite and it not have to involve just the title. You can have Tony storm do her thing. You can have Brit and uh, Saraya do hers. And then you've shown like JPJ, you've shown the fans, Hey, we're willing to put two women's matches on a program. We're willing to give two very important storylines going at the same time because they haven't been able to do it with the two titles at the same time. Cause Jade has been very much an afterthought and it's kind of
3: sad
2: yeah uh one more quick thing that i want to touch on as time
0: winds down it would appear uh, if if the scuttlebutt is true that the return of bray white is imminent mm. uh, this could be very very exciting again if the creative is good and the creative is there this is something that i think could be a bit of a game changer as well
2: they're teasing oh. it they're they're, they they poke, they're, showing, they're teasing it heavy they're teasing it heavy i'm Super interested for him to be back in a wrestling ring because I think he was, he's always been one of the most interesting characters on TV, regardless of storyline he's been given. So I'm all for it
1: 100%. Oh, a thousand percent. I think um, he, when he's presented right, um, he is one of the best performers, you know, around. He's so intriguing. He can change his character, it's a, he's just always different. And I don't know what this is going to be. I don't, I'd rather not see The Fiend come back. I'd rather see a different iteration of him or maybe like more towards the original Bray Wyatt.
3: Husky Um, Harris. Yeah.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Um, But anytime he was on the show, whether it was the early stages of The Fiend because the end of The Fiend is one of the worst booking stretches maybe of all time. Like they murdered that character they relatively quickly. Him
2: alive. Yeah. yeah, literally, <laughs>
1: bad, bad literally. Um, but you know he's creative and if he has the creative input and I believe with Triple H he will. You know, Triple H and NXT, they created, like they, Triple H was in charge when the Wyatt family and this cat first yeah. iteration of the Bray Wyatt we know was created. Triple H had something to do with that. He was running that show. So I think with Triple H in charge, if he comes back and he lets Bray be as creative as he knows he's going to be, I think we can see something special because Bray Wyatt's a special talent.
0: Yeah, and Bray Wyatt, uh, he, he sells merchandise. He generates revenue, and that is is also a really good thing. So we're hitting the three-minute mark, so we're going to kick to the last song, and we're going to sign off here. The last track uh, picked by Mr. Plugo is... And I guess I shouldn't say anything bad about the used. I'm just not a huge used fan. But the song is called "The Taste of Ink." The band is the used. Uh, why did you pick this particular piece of musical machinery?
2: Help, but laugh because you told me it was like a terrible. It was the worst of the two. You put a lot of pressure on me, Boris, to pick a song for a, a show called Punk and Pile Drivers. Well, no, I but I like, always say I always say any artist, any genre. Yeah, right. Exactly. We've, for me, we've had hip hop, we've had country, my, we've had the Beatles, we've had all kinds. My of stuff. arc, my arc is very deep in terms of styles and things that I listen to but i felt like i should mention this band for me was like kind of like a gateway into the punk kind of scene because like i remember youtube videos growing up and like i was right around that like drive through records era Mm. of like you, you know things like that like Senses Fail was like one of the mm-hmm. first bands I ever saw in this genre and this was like a gateway for me this is one of the first bands that I like gravitated to it was like these are my people and I thought what a nostalgic song I heard it yesterday and I was like and then it opened up the doors in my eyes to a whole you know different genre of music and in the punk realm so for me this has always been one of my all-time favorite bands for me this is one of the best records I've ever heard Right on. All right. So we're going to sign off really quickly here. Uh, Again,
0: thank you guys for taking time out to hang out with me. I'm sorry about the limited time and and the change of venue. You can check out these guys on Between Two Beards on Love Wrestling CA on Twitch uh, every Thursday night at 8 p.m. Eastern. Mm -hmm. Uh, If you're in the greater Edmonton area, be sure to come down and check out Love Wrestling. Uh, at the Sherwood Park Crusaders home opener on Saturday at 5 o'clock. I forget the name of the arena because I'm woefully unprepared, but we're going to be doing three matches, uh, I believe, set up outside is the last thing that I've heard. The ring's actually going to be set up outside. Um, There are going to be cameras and myself there. It will not be broadcast live, but I assume these matches are going to be made available uh, on demand on YouTube or what have you afterwards. Just three really good matches on the card. So if you're in the local area, come down there and check that out and stick around for the Sherwood Park Crusaders home opener. Uh, Again, thank you guys for hanging out with me today. The track is The Taste of Ink. The band is The Use. Thank you. And we will talk to you guys all next week. Is it
3: worth the game?